So Evan, uh, we're about to dive into a special episode. Uh, we're gonna keep it pretty trim. I think we've got it planned for. I think there's something that might help us stay on track in terms of time, if, I'm, if I may suggest it. Yeah, I'm all ears. Uh, could you let me know, uh, I guess uh, just l glance out your window and tell me how far along your neighbor is in cleaning his car? <laughs> <laughs> so we can we can kind of pace ourselves out by that. If he's got a couple of cars lined up, we can maybe time it by the number of cars we want to last. Luke, it's 8.30 p.m. here in Toronto. Oh, so is he like just getting started or he's only got like an hour more left? He... <laughs> this is so you, you look weird. so puzzled. Your, your brow really furrowed right there, real trenches. There, now the hand on the forehead. Okay, so a man that washes his car so obsessively. Mm-hmm. And other people's cars, apparently. How do you think that would translate over into the rest of his life? The rote answer, I think, is, well, he must obsessively clean everything. But my, for some reason, something's going off in my head that says people that obsess that much about their car neglect a lot of other big things. So I'd say slovenly otherwise is my guess. Because he's coming out of his house right now and right now you would oh, not believe what he looks like what is he i don't know who to imagine i'm i'm imagining the santa claus villain in happy the, the tv series that just aired recently i a mess of a slovenly uh dirty ragged looking man yes i don't no you don't want to <laughs> so i went a little further than you wanted to go <laughs> be like More. we've gotten so far into this bit and in my mind i was like don't worry evan something will come to you you'll come up with something really funny luke, luke will kind of figure out it's a bit at some point and start helping you along but no luke's expectations got raised way up yeah i I'm really did I, I i saw as i was going i was like oh I'm, luke's getting excited luke's eyes are lighting up it's like we just arrived at disneyland but yeah dude, like the you, i think your neighbor's in stilts it's it's like 8 30 p.m it is a thursday night and okay. my neighbor is nowhere to be seen so perfect yeah. so listeners really quick that's been a lot of rambling let me introduce us really quick and then say what i wanted to say we're two best friends we are talking about our favorite meddling kids and their dumb dog too my name is luke i'm evan and we're here tonight not to talk about an episode of Scooby-Doo that you've ever seen. That's right, Superpower fans. This is a brand new, two brand new episodes we're going to talk about of Scooby-Doo, specific to me and Evan. And listen, this episode comes out on October. And here's the thing. I know that a lot, a lot of people say it's not like, it's not like Halloween. Halloween isn't a day. Halloween is a month. Some people are like, oh, October 1st, it's oh. Halloween. No, look, Gosh. there are a lot of days in October. And a lot of holidays getting passed over in favor of Halloween. You know what? Halloween gets lots of attention. Let's give some attention to some minority holidays. Huh? How about that? So here we are. We This is an episode that is just dedicated to the celebration of October, the once upon a time eighth month of the calendar. Um, this is the, what I'm calling, this is the Octoberist episode that we've ever done. And uh, all that to say, Evan and I were going to live on air pitch and flesh out ideas for two unique episodes of Scooby-Doo. We've brought a little bit to the table and we're looking to develop a little bit here at the table. We're about to get into it. Um, let me just say, in terms of length of this episode, how about we go 
until your neighbor starts washing a car. So that uh, sun- Sunday morning, Sunday morning, or oh, I was Saturday thinking, morning. Sorry, I was Saturday thinking that morning. would keep us to a half hour tops. Isn't, is it not going to be that trim? Our listeners love the bit about your neighbor. That's yeah. what I'm hoping. <laughs> I was really hoping on cashing in on that. <laughs> they're from just the start. They're just wait, every every time they they ch- they come back in, they're just like, ooh, what's what's Evan's neighbor up to? Yeah, Luke, we didn't get any feedback. There's on an this. entire oh, no. subreddit dedicated my, to triangulating. Yeah. We haven't we haven't found it yet, but my gut tells me listeners love that. In my ba- mind, based we on did like it. the the angle of the shadows from like the lamppost. I, I would say not all episodes start out this rambling. We have one a while back where Evan's neighbor was washing his car for a long time and then another car. It was hilarious. It was amazing. Groundbreaking. As is this. Two dudes talking about Scooby-Doo. Two dudes just like you. Unless you're a lady, mm, this show is for ladies too. If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby-Doos. All right, Evan, who, who's going to go first here? How are we going to trade this back and forth? Forever. Well, what what website did you end up using? I wound up using a combination of the two. So this is to say that you and I Googled um, October holidays. We came up with two lists, equal but separate, <laughs> perhaps. I want to. I want to. Why don't you describe yours and I'll describe mine? Oh, I I ended up using yours. Okay. Well, let me let me pull up yours then. What was it? Let me find Ducksters. <laughs> hey, hey now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Do I need to bleep that live on air? Dexter's October holiday. While I pull that up, could you talk me through the website I, I gave you? So this is what you gave me, and this is holidayscalendar.com. And uh, I actually love this website because it goes through every single holiday, October holidays in 2018. It says the date that the holiday um, is on, it's the name of the holiday, the location, because some of these are national holidays, mm-hmm. and also the holiday type. Yeah. And they've they've categorized these holidays... Uh, there's a common state holiday, a national holiday, a Jewish holiday, observance, you know, you just observe it, a uh, public holiday, uh, and then weird. <laughs> I didn't notice that. They categorize some as weird? Like, does that mean they're intentionally weird and there's nothing else to it? Like, so it's like, a pop culture holiday? October 1st, this is right at the top. October 1st is International Coffee Day. That's weird. Okay, I accept that. Uh, my favorite, My favorite weird one is uh is on october 3rd it's a wednesday this year so that is two days from the date this comes out so get re- listeners it's a monday today in two days in two days it will be national boyfriend day mm. and it's actually not sorry it's not oh, weird wow it's not it's there's actually no category and they have all these really fun little write-ups like for example huh. the history after doing extensive research i can find no proof of this holiday being created <laughs> Or it being celebrated in any way whatsoever. As such. It may be an internet myth. But since it has been mentioned on several reputable websites, what? I think it's safe to say like, it is one that is going to grow in popularity not over reputable, time. Not reputable enough to link, but reputable enough to call them such. Um, and then customs, traditions, and celebrations. Since little is known about this holiday or its origin, it's really hard to pin down ways people might practice it. However, since it is the other half of Girlfriend's Day, I imagine the best way to celebrate it would be for women to take care a little heteronormative, mm-hmm. women to take care of their boyfriends for the day and show them the love and adoration they deserve. They you deserve before eventually marrying them and then engaging in postmarital sex. Maybe make them dinner. 
give them a gift or yeah. do something nice for them. I think that's the best way to celebrate this unofficial. I kind of hope, and because I've not really read mm-hmm. many other pages, is that the customs, traditions, and celebrations are all along these lines. Canadian Thanksgiving, ladies. How about putting a turkey in the oven for your man? <laughs> it's so terrible. Oh my gosh. I, I'm sorry, hang on. I want to search, and I know I'm taking us a little bit off track, National Girlfriend Day, just to get a feel for the language on that one. Thursday, August 1st. Uh, okay. Found it in the same thing. No one really knows how this holiday started. It was probably a greeting card company thing in order to sell more cards. True. Men and women can celebrate this holiday in different ways. Men can treat it much in the same way as they treat Valentine's Day and take their significant others out to dinner and buy them a gift. Also really heteronormative there. Um, Perhaps a nice piece of jewelry or some flowers. Women can hang out with their girlfriends and use the day to spend quality time together or shop. It doesn't matter how you celebrate the day, only that you show the women the woman friend in your life, how important they are to you. Not a bad sentiment at the end there. Why don't guys call their male friends boyfriends? I don't know, but I am seeing now that uh, holidayscalendars.com is run by Focus on the Family, so I don't know if that's... I'm kidding. (laughs) Luke, we're boyfriends, right? We we are boyfriends. Do I call you my boyfriend? Like, romantically? Yeah. But I just... (laughs) I just say that, man. I just say that because we smooch sometimes. This, again, I think is something our listeners love. They just can't get enough of this bit. They've never, we've never gotten positive feedback on it, but something in me says they want it. I think at least one iTunes review said that they ship us, but I, I might okay. be just making that up. Then dude, I think we gotta make love. That voice is my cover for saying things I really mean. <laughs> what, what's your website? The website that you uh, oh, my website utilized. That, given to me by you. My Webster's, my, web, my website is ducksters.com. And it, my first thought is knock off ducktails somehow because it's got five ducks at the top of the uh, banner, each wearing a, different, a slightly different outfit, be it a top hat and monocle, a jester's hat, frizzy Einstein hair, an explorer hat, or... A, uh, having a magnifying glass and it has a very short list of holidays some of which are not listed anywhere else so i presume this is one of the reputable website sources that's probably quoted for holidayscalendar.com of course yeah it's really just got yom kippur columbus day child health holiday halloween and then like a lot of months only some of which are corroborate corroborated, corroborated elsewhere how how do um, we but, sorry go ahead how do we want to do this yeah basically just who wants to go first one of us will pitch the episode that we wrote ahead of time. The other one will kind of ask questions and uh, fl- help flesh it out. And then we'll pivot and do the other person's. Because I, I do want to be upfront. I was not kidding when we said that this was sort of like to celebrate October and not Halloween. Neither of us chose Halloween. No, we neither of us. I Did we specifically say not Halloween? I don't think we did. It was, a, it was an option. I think we just both knew the other one wasn't going to go Halloween. Why would I you? I would have lost a lot of respect for you if you had chosen Halloween. <laughs> you, oh, man. I had no idea. I feel like I was riding the razor edge, even though I was nowhere near it. But it would have been a waste of so many incredible holidays that, as we said in the intro, never see the light of day, or rarely, and by few people. I would be happy to go first, if I may. Sure. Yeah. Okay. 
So for mine, I used a combination of uh, holidays from both sites, both Ducksters and holidays. So you're te- you mean to tell me that your episode of Scooby-Doo that you're pitching right now? Oh yeah, is more than one holiday. I forgot to mention. I think I said when I messaged you about this, let's do each pick a holiday. I couldn't help it, and I picked several holidays. Um, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry, so glad man. I didn't do the same thing because I partially thought like, oh, Evan, maybe try to maybe try to tie some of these together. I'm glad that I didn't because you did. Thank you for that. I feel like your your episode will therefore be more focused than traditional, whereas mine is kind of, it's playing with the prompt. In some ways, it might not work as a traditional Scooby-Doo episode. Anyway, I basically laid it out by saying, what's each character going to be doing this episode, and who's the villain? I also thought up a Scooby-Doop, and that's really all I've got, but I've got a fair bit of detail there. Um, the big thing, Scooby and Shaggy, I'd like to outline them for you, uh, Evan. Um, they're each observing one holiday, and specifically non-observing another holiday. Like the others? Yes. Okay. Here's right. here's the thing, is that it's like one of those episodes that always opens up like somebody saying, oh, I'm so excited for such and such. In this case, Shaggy's really excited because it's National Dessert Month, which is oh. huge. That's a great, a big thing for him, obviously, because he's Shaggy. Scooby says, Bleh, as if Shaggy had said it was National Drugs Month. <laughs> um, but, but uh, and that's because uh, Scooby can't eat chocolate. And National Dessert Month is all about chocolate. And that we sucks recently, for just last week, we talked we just about spotlit that Scooby really, if you think about it, is a dog, is a dog. can't eat chocolate. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a point of contention between them. On the flip side, Shaggy refuses to observe the month that Scooby's observing, National Pizza Month. Why? Well, it goes back into we. That's exactly what I think Daphne asks Shaggy, and so we have a water water flashback, and uh, we see that Shaggy is at a National Pizza Month pizza eating competition. Um, he's pounding it down. He's like next to these huge beefy dudes and like the the two women who are just tearing through it as well, and uh, he's going toe to toe with them. But you see him like getting a little greener, uh, a little uh, yeah green around the gills, a little queasy looking. And like right when you think he's about to throw up, the the bell dings. Or like no, they say they're like, oh, we're out of pizza. And he's like, no. <laughs> and it's uh, yeah. And he looks back and he's like, yeah, I, it was so traumatic. I didn't get that last slice I wanted. And it wasn't at all about the competition. He just wanted a little more pizza. And uh, since then, he's abhorred pizza. National Pizza Month. Okay, all right. And it's a point of contention between between him and Scoob. Yeah, I think that's going to be their dynamic. Is each of them is observing and then specifically not observing another month within the others. Okay, all right, I gotcha. Caught in between the two, of course, we've got Daphne, because Scooby and Shaggy are each trying to pull her onto their side. Won't you Won't you try this pizza? Mm. Oh, no, you really want to try this dessert. She's the Switzerland of this episode. She's the Switzerland of this episode, of course. And for her part, I'm, I'm, I kind of am looking for your input on where to take it from there. I'm, I kind of feel like I'm going to be cool Scooby-Doo route with Daphne, like, she's going to love everything from both of them and ultimately bring the two together. I, th- I think the logical culmination is that in the end, mm-hmm. Daphne is like, she introduces the the concept of dessert pizza. Okay. And I guess there has to be dessert pizza that doesn't have chocolate syrup on it, because that's kind of like a big dessert pizza thing. Dang, you really capped that, you really dovetailed all those plot lines. That's perfect. She's the one who's just like, Shaggy, Scooby, like, look at the, and and it can even, yeah. I, like, there is dessert pizza. Here's the thing. Scooby eats it, and they're like, Scooby, there's chocolate on that. And Scooby's like, whatever. And he just chugs hydrogen peroxide afterwards and vomits <laughs> up. He just, like, arches his back and herks it back up afterwards, and that's the new normal. 
Uh, and I recognize I'm not giving you much context for the episode here. Like, who's the villain? What's I'm excited to hear that. The villain... Well, how to, how to introduce this. The day this happens on is October 12th. We know that's the holiday for this episode. Do you know what holiday that is, Evan? I do, I do not. Perfect. That means you didn't use it. It's Columbus Day. Uh, it's the first on the Duxter's list. And uh, the villain I of... Really, I really wanted to use Columbus Day. I couldn't help myself. Uh, we we like politicizing a little bit here, and it's it's ripe for that. And to that end, Velma is very specifically not observing Columbus Day, as many people and many even states officially non-observe uh, in this day and age. So of course, the villain is going to be the ghost of Christopher Columbus, who's upset that people are not observing his holiday and giving him his due. Because isn't isn't um isn't that day also designated like Indigenous People's Day or something it's, like that? It's um designated several things that are like that, or like stuff like as on the nose as native american hardship day things that are like very blatantly acknowledging the negative impact of columbus yeah, i see i see here in in the united states south dakota native americans day the states california minnesota and washington indigenous people's day i love it and uh and i fully support that i think that makes a lot more sense but christopher columbus is showing up as a ghost or someone showing up as his ghost to um to terrorize people. I'm just realizing now I have no secondary characters and no idea who he is, who the actual person and the villain. I don't know why I didn't think of that ahead of time. But uh, that's the villain. <laughs> Velma is really excited to se- I'm sorry, this is on the fly, but she's more excited for tomorrow, which is going to be National No Bra Day. <laughs> and here's the thing, Velma's nervous because she fully supports it. She's like uh, a burn your bra feminist and she wants to support that, but she's not comfortable with it. And so she's wrestling with those feelings and not observing. At the same time, she's not observing Columbus. What do you think? Here's who I think should ultimately be who Christopher Columbus should okay, actually yeah, lay, be. Okay, yeah, lay it on me. Who's the man behind the mask? I think that it should be acclaimed American filmmaker Chris Columbus. Known for directing such films as Home Alone, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, Mrs. Doubtfire, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and he wrote Gremlins and the Goonies. I, I love this. Um, now, now let's reverse engineer it to get Chris Columbus in the story at the start. Is he, what's he doing? Well, what's, what's he doing? What's the setting, I think? The setting is a big Christopher, it's a big Indigenous People's Day festival. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because that's the kind of place where it would make sense for Christopher Columbus's ghost to come terrorize. True, 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 true. Chris Columbus is here. Uh, because he... he here's my very on the nose thing with Chris Columbus. He thinks that peop, indigenous people don't like his movies because they profile him for his name. He profiles them into thinking they profile him. I definitely think that he is the ghost of Christopher Columbus because he thinks that people have lost respect for Chris Columbus and as and by proxy him. You know, like he's been named after yeah. someone who was at one point known as a great explorer. So they're besmirching him in a way i think that's brilliant hang on let me see what's what's this guy done recently he produced the help here's how about this he thinks the reason people didn't like the help and had problems with it is because of his name and he thinks if <laughs> and he not can the fix fact that it was like not, peak white feminism exactly not not the fact that it's a white savior to the nth degree that's the thing is he thinks oh these people of color are just holding my name against me because of Columbus, if I make them appreciate how great Columbus was, then then they'll love my movies again. 
you know what I want just because there's this whole thing about the help is I think that there should be I for some reason have you seen it you haven't seen it I haven't seen it all I know is that even some of the people who've acted in it have said yeah it wasn't great in, in terms of some of its messaging in the end the movie itself is quite good but I think within like the context that we live in it's kind of like oh maybe they should have thought about this a little bit more yeah had no excuse to not be a bit more conscious um but hmm. uh one of the maids uh makes a pie and bakes her poop into it and then feeds it to the, the mean white lady Bryce Dallas Howard mm. and I to me if you're sort of going to be referencing Chris Columbus and the help at one point um Scooby is eating the pie and he's like uh wrong wrong group you know, there's like dog poop in this pie, I guess. But but he keeps eating it because he's a dog, and sometimes <laughs> dogs eat poop. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think that, I dig that. I don't have the context from the movie to appreciate it fully. Um, some oh one note, Freddie. I want to work in somehow that he thinks that there are secret holidays that oh. he might be able to discover, and uh, yeah, that's his his mini plot line that he often is on his own for. He has a Fred du jour, if you will. While while your sort your mystery and your villain aren't very uh, haven't really crystallized yet, I had almost nothing. I do there. like the fact that you've really put a lot of thought into what the various members of the gang are doing. I think this is very important. I, I think I guess that's the only thought I put in at the end. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's what they're all doing. They're um, they're running around. Can we? Can you help me figure out a couple of red herrings? Because we know it's going to be spoiler alert, listeners. Because we just decided it's going to be Chris Columbus. But who could we have thought it might have been? Okay, someone, someone who doesn't... Somebody else who's a fan of Christopher Columbus. I'm going to say an indigenous person, like a descendant of the Taino people who were brought to basic extinction by Christopher Columbus himself, who is an apologist for Christopher Columbus. Ooh. Oh, kind of like... A, just ooh. as a rebel thing. Like, just as a teenage rebel thing. Like, But he did terrible things, don't you know that? Yeah, I like him. I think he's great. I think I want... I don't know, like... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of those one of those girls who goes to a lot of like shows, like burn like like Burning Man isn't a show, but you know goes to a lot of concerts and stuff. And she and she just she needs to wear an, it, an event dress. Yeah, it's like, and she hates the fact that people are upset at her for it. I also want to say there's uh just a perfectly kindly nice like member of the community who's just passing out blankets to cold people oh, and no. <laughs> somebody one member of the group maybe it's freddie is like hmm oh, i don't know have you ever se- oh my gosh do you ever watch happy endings i oh i know the one you're talking about I, Dude, in fact that i think episode that is you've described so that episode funny. to me i haven't seen it but you've plotted it out for me start to finish such that i know the beats yeah that's all all the plot culminates for that 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 pun at the end that, and honestly the best part of that episode for me is that so dave for those of you who, anyway dave from happy endings the re, this whole thing kicks off because first of all he wants to celebrate thanksgiving like the Native Americans, and but also because he is trying to, or rather, he has tickets for a show being put on by the Rock Bottom Remainders. Oh yeah, who you and I are both familiar with because we read a lot of Dave Barry books when we were younger. That's right. I was like, I know that. That's not made up. That was the bunch of comedians and or a uh, humor writers was, or just no, writers. it was writers. It was like it was like it was just Dave right. Barry, it was Stephen King, Stephen King, um, Amy Tan, like the Joy Luck Club, I think. 
Oh, that's right. What did she do? Sing? I, I don't know. But apparently this band was very bad. <laughs> I remember Barry writing his punch. I think, I think that they... I guess they didn't cast any First Nations people or Native American people in this episode, but I really love their sort of take on that. I, I remember it being a very safe, like it, it landed in much safer territory than the example I just came up with, where there's the uh, the Uncle Tom of Christopher Columbus Day. Well, here's, okay, yeah. do, do you have a dupe? I do have a dupe. A dupe being, for oh, a listener. Oh, the Scooby-Doop? Well, of course. This a Scooby Doop is whatever Scooby and Sha- it's typically Scooby and Shaggy. What they're doing is they're creating a scenario involving the villain, the ghost, the ghoul, the monster, in which the social pressures are so great that the monster is forced to comply. So Luke always gives the same example. An example I would give is, um, the monster chases them into like a beauty salon, and then they're like, "Oh, you're our two o'clock. Please sit down." And then maybe it's a werewolf. They're like, they're like cutting its hair and mm-hmm. like oh, you're going to look so good. We're going to give you like an updo or something. That's a Scooby-Doo because the monster uh, like feels the pressure. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, they're flattered or uncomfortable. Yeah. And, they're... and then like slap a heart, a hot towel against the monster's face at the end so that they can make a fast getaway. It is, it is for them to escape. So what's your Scooby-Doo for your episode? Um, my example of the Scooby-Doo is that Scooby and Shaggy pretend to be the queen of Spain and the sniveling king of Spain who uh, who just show up and are like, ooh, uh, I'm not going to try and do It's going to be a British accent because she's very fluent. In, uh, in English. In yes. English. I mean, she's she's a stateswoman. Uh, Columbus, I, how are things going? Have you got my colonies yet? I better not hear of a single genocide. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> pulling his collar a little bit. And uh, they kind of scold him away, I think. Do you have an idea? Is... An idea of how you'd embellish that or a different direction you'd take it? Maybe maybe Scooby and Shaggy, they take on the guise of waiters in a restaurant. And <laughs> and Christopher Columbus sits down and they start to feed uh, Christopher Columbus like um, where did he land? Exactly? Was it South America? Or was it... Um, he um, landed in... It wasn't Plymouth Rock. Because that was... The, the Pilgrims. That was the Pilgrims. I have no idea, actually. I'm not sure. No, wait, wasn't it? No, not Jamestown. was something else as well. You know, like... Because it looks to me like he landed on Cuba. So it's like very delicious Cuban food. It's like Cubanos and mm. like, stuff like that. And Christopher Columbus is like, mm, 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 so delicious. And then it's like... I don't know. They reveal that this is the food of the conquered. And he's all like, oh, I, I... I don't know. Yeah, like his, his, his racism extends to culinary... Uh, things like, Ugh, I'm eating indigenous foods. Yeah, D- disgusting. Native foods. Blah, blah. Bring me a paella. That's the only, sp- that's the only Spanish <laughs> food I know. Do they eat anything in Spain but paellas? <laughs> I assume that's it. You have I... your breakfast paella, you have your lunch paella. I thought paella, paella was the Spanish word for food, so I don't know. <laughs> um, that's, that's all I've got for the episode. Those are all the, everything I brought to the table. Okay, I think, I think that the bones of it are really good. It is a little tricky. I think it has no plot really so far. It's tough to do the whole like a young indigenous person is like a Christopher Columbus stand. Let, let's I let's pretend I never said that. Maybe. <laughs> I think here's the thing, and this is this is kind of serious. Well, this is serious. I think mm. if you want to write an episode like this, just make sure that there's like a First Nations or like I don't know American Indian Native American person person in the writers' room, and then. You oh, yeah. don't make offering, horrible mistakes. 
I, I'm gonna pull in Hank Azaria and I think I'm good. <laughs> uh, but thank you. Thank you for your input on that. Right, Hank Azaria, <laughs> who played an Indian character on The Simpsons. Yeah, same exact thing. I think at this point, he's an honorary Indian. Indian American, which is the same as native. There's some blurry lines there. Blurred lines. <laughs> I want to say the worst thing I could at the end. Anybody who might have been on my side at the end. Let me pivot into a song that I know will get people off my tail. <laughs> uh, I count on my listeners fleeing from me to you. I hope that that's the case. All right, welcome um, one. Welcome all. Come under my wings and i will tell you the premise to my episode i was about to say i I really want to pivot now evan tell me what what have you got prepared for us what's your idea what what one holiday if i may is this episode about so the gang is always doing what fred wants to do i.e get in the mystery machine drive around and solve mysteries and so scooby and chaggy are like that's an instruction fred gives at the beginning of most episodes (laughs) get in the mystery machine, drive around and solve mysteries yes sir so for once Scooby and Shaggy are like, look, it's our turn. This is to, to choose what to do. Like, it's always Fred's turn. Mm. We want a chance. We, we're not going to get into any spooky, scary stuff. What we're going to do is we're going go to we're gonna go to Vegas, which is where all the cons or, like, um, expos and stuff are, right? Like, that's... Oh, conventions, yeah. That, because they have all of those Absolutely, hotels. Yeah. All, you know, they have the space for all of these, all of these events. So this is... It's a giant parking lot. It works. A big food expo. And um, where it's just like all, you know, it's just all the foods. All these people are like, look at all these new foods that we have. You know, I represent this. I represent this dish, et cetera, mm. et cetera. You know, like like there's a Spanish booth and they just have paella just okay. like, you know, out the wazoo. It's, um, <laughs> that is where they put it in Spain as well. That is that is the Spanish. That term actually has Spanish roots. Wazoo? No, you're kidding me now. Out the wazoo? No, not out the wazoo, but like the word wazoo. Like if you look at the etymology of it, it's from Spanish. Don't, 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 Google, don't, don't Google it. Don't, don't look it up. Don't look it up. You know, I have Edim Online, one of my favorite websites <laughs> ever, like just autofilling. I don't... Wazoo is not on there. I have Wahoo. That's not what I want. You know what? In which case, what I said is true. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Okay, so so they're there. Everyone... I, I haven't gone into the minutia of like what all of the other members of the gang are doing because this is a very Scooby and Shaggy-centric episode. In fact... It's actually very Shaggy-centric. Um, because what I'm going to do is, in in our version, I think we've talked about this, because all of these various episodes that we've brought up, is is it's, this is kind of like our own iteration, our own show. And I can't remember if we came up with a name or not, because it's been a while. I don't know if we have. Uh, maybe if we have time, let's try and think of one here. But that I'm glad you mentioned that context. This isn't fitting in with any existing series. This is our Be Cool, if you will. Scooby-Doo viewed for, through the Scooby-Doo's lens. Exactly. So Shaggy, I think we can both agree, is a vegetarian in our continuity. I completely agree. In our series, Shaggy is going to be a strict vegetarian. Oh, it's what Casey Kasem would have wanted. That's what he is. I see where you're going with that. Um, the holiday that this episode is revolving around is World Vegetarian mm-hmm. Day. So Scooby and Shaggy are here, and and they're going around all of these different booths. And Shaggy is, you know, what he's doing is he's looking for the vegetarian options. It's a big convention. There's a lot. There's a lot. And Scooby, he's not constrained to that style of eating. He is a dog. Meat is something he should be ingesting. Mm-hmm. He doesn't judge his friend. Shaggy doesn't judge Scooby. You know, they're they're friends. Oh, I should have tied Shaggy's vegetarianism into his not liking pizza, 
Like he had a bad experience eating pizza that he was told vegetarian or something. Sorry, retroactively fixing my episode with your information. No, no worries. But I love that. I want to say I love that. I love this Scooby and Shaggy plot line. This person who is going around and and haunting oh. this convention is uh it's a caveman and i know that uh, this isn't like a fresh take i know that we did i see um, what you're saying we did uh, a caveman is the monster or the villain or whatever in a uh, scooby's night with a frozen but fright may, may i make a guess about what's unique about this caveman Please. is this a paleo caveman he has to be he, he has, has to, be. to be he's eating raw meat just blood dripping down yeah, and whatnot he's, he's a he's a man mm. he needs mm. red meat he <laughs> needs it he, he has a big club, and he like he's trashing the booths that he doesn't like. He's like, oh, hummus. <laughs> and then he'll, like, smash a side of steak and then drag it away behind him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know what? <laughs> he smashes a table, and then he drags the tablecloth behind him as it is. <laughs> and, and this is a, sort of a fun little thing. I think that this mm-hmm. it creates some parallelism is this caveman has mm-hmm. uh, an accomplice, a wolf, right? Because... You know, there's that movie that that came out. I think last Alpha? month or so. Alpha. You know, like oh, how did man's best friend come about? So this this caveman has a wolf, and and it, it's mirroring the Scooby Shaggy dynamic, right? Scooby Shaggy. Mm-hmm. Um. Wait, hang on. Is that mean that this dog eats even bloodier things, or is this is it flipped and this dog is a vegetarian? Or we don't really do that. Well, it, yeah, it's not the, really, the dog is. We're not just... doing a straight inversion point by point. Okay, that's fine. I wanted to check. And, and I that's have... the kind of detail I would get caught what, on. I I think the the little like. Maybe Maybe what Daphne and Velma are doing, I don't know about Fred. Um, maybe Fred... <laughs> I, I'm really doubling down on this. I don't know how funny it is, but I think that Fred eats paella for the first time. That's It's like all... He's obsessed with it. He's obsessed with paella. I, and he just keeps going around to people, Have you tried paella? He, paella, do you know it? Like, shag, shag, have you? Paella. It's, it's, and he like he knows all of the... like Like all of that knowledge about traps... I don't know if that's canonically in our series what his deal is, but I think there's a just, bit of that. We don't lean as hard, but it's there. He's he's so into paella, and he's like, Shaggy, try this paella. Shaggy's like, Fred, like that has uh, like seafood in it. You know that I'm I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I, I can't eat it. But Fred's like, and then he's like, Scoop, Scoop, try this paella. So okay, here's <laughs> paella. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Everyone's fine. So bland. I imagine Fred's like in the stairwell calling his mom like it's called paella mom like did no one ever show it to you or did you keep it from me like what i thought it was paella i thought it was I don't, you know what <laughs> i guess fred's mom is southern in my uh in my mind i you know i imagine fred is the son of in our universe maybe like city slicker dad southern mom Oh yeah, yeah, and he's he's a, so he's a good old boy at heart i think a little he's, bit he's like metro naive Mm, Small okay. town naive, but metro, um, I don't know what. Um, but I, I really like it. I like that his only thing this episode, to kind of get him back from the mystery, because like you say, it's always him that decides. This time, he's just experiencing the food like Scooby and Shaggy. Yeah, and, and so yeah, you know what? I actually love that. This is, this is an episode where Fred is really into food. And at the oh. end, <laughs> he, he eats so much paella that he, like, he, he's sick of it. May I also make a suggestion that Scooby and Shaggy are, they're the ones who are trying to catch the villain. And so they say, oh man, we need to set up a trap, but we need some bait. Fred, would you do this for two paella? <laughs> <laughs> he did he does some paella bargaining. Yeah, and they throw it to Fred and Scooby still snatches it out of the air. 
Uh, so um, at the end, bargaining, yeah, because because it, like um, Dan Harmon has this whole thing about like how how good TV writing works is that like oh, there's an inversion of the status quo, a very rote end, structure. The status quo is is reestablished. Mm-hmm. So obviously at the end, Fred has to go back to not caring so much about food. So there's something that happens where he's just like, oh, like I'm over I'm over paella now. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he's eating paella and he spills it on himself, and then like a like a hottie with a body comes over and like isn't interested in talking to him. That guy doesn't look like, like he betrays him. <laughs> Paella! I imagine it, in my mind, it was like, he's done so much, he, like he's researched Paella, he's like looked at it under a microscope and stuff. He's like, I feel like I know everything about Paella. Like I've really solved Paella. And he just kind of like <laughs> loses interest. I think it'd be so funny if, if it turns out that um, someone finally looks over at what Fred's eating. and was like, Fred, this isn't paella. This is gumbo. <laughs> oh, and he's like, oh, I love gumbo. <laughs> no, Fred hates Louisiana. <laughs> that's, what, that's what turns him off of it. And our, our canon Fred hates Louisiana. Hey, we, we should get back to the villain in the main plot line uh, to, to flesh those guys out. Well, so, oh, sorry, here. Um, Daphne and Velma's thing oh, is yeah. tied into the villain because I think they can't decide if they think... They're sort of wrestling with how attracted they are to the villain. So, like, actually, this is an episode where Scooby and Shaggy are doing, like, all of the mystery solving. Completely independent. And this is an episode interesting, exploring the the sexual desires of both women at the same time. Right, because I think they can, you know, he's, he's a specimen, you know? And I think we also have a moment where he's just, like, really beefily, like walking around or like you know just like rolling his shoulders and fred's like just in the corner sniveling like eating some paella and like <laughs> spilling it like you said spilling it on it's like oh frick no no oh, yuck oh. <laughs> i don't know fred doesn't sound like that but frank welker makes so finds a way to get fred there um yeah no i like that uh so yeah that that's their whole thing but is- wait what's but that's their whole thing let's go a little deeper well, into that what is that what I, happens here's with the thing. That? i think the obvious move is that like <laughs> Velma is really interested. She's intellectual herself. She wants an intellectual, but she can't deny the animal magnetism that this guy... Okay, so there's a little bit of the scubernatural crossover element here. But... Where those shoulders, there's no denying. Yeah, Those shoulders. But Daphne... Here's here's a thought. But the, the caveman, like, at some point, like, Daphne drops something or she trips, and he, like, helps her up. And so she's smitten by the gentlemanly chivalry in this one brief moment of the caveman like this duality of he's he's both as we love to misuse bestial and (laughs) and gentlemanly so she she falls she's smitten by by the kindness in him the kindness in him and maybe she sees like the kindness he shows to his wolf dog as well oh so and so throughout this episode and and I don't and and obviously Velma and Daphne at the end have to realize that they've sort of let their attraction to this man who they should who is the villain of the episode to begin with get in the way of their friendship with one another. And and also that what they really liked was an idea of this guy, which really they was more about them than about him, and, and empowered them to pursue relationships that are more meaningful for them in the future. But we also never shame them for their attraction to the caveman at no, any point. That's... But we do, we compare why they're, there's, the, I think the joke is that they're each attracted to opposite things. And when Daphne's like, he's just so, I love his mind. Velma like watches him like drool or like <laughs> just do something really stupid and caveman-ish. Um, 
But but the man behind the mask. Okay, so and the dog within the, the dog that's looking like a wolf. I have a number. I have a number of red herrings because this was very important to me. I really focused in on the mystery. Good on you. You are not failing us on that. So so one of the red herrings, or, or sorry, I'm gonna describe them all as suspects. Okay. So one of the suspects is he's like a hardcore, like like paleo like keto guy. You know, oh, he's just like and he's a sense. lifter. He mm-hmm. lifts and he's just like, oh, I gotta get those gains, like red meat. I just like, I'm all into it. He has a dog. There's also a guy who's like a Texan. He's got like a big old like, uh, okay. like a twenty Ten- gallon hat. Ooh, or twenty gallon. Twenty, yeah, no, I went up like a, like a, like that Dimmodome guy, Dimsdale, <laughs> something, uh, something Daryl of the Dimmodome of the Dimsdale Dimmodome. The point is, yep. he. Is he? He's a Texan, as, as I mentioned, and mm-hmm. he is into. He owns like like ranches full of cattle. Oh, he wants, and he's looking down on the vegetarians here and the vegans here. Yeah, yeah. He he's into red meat. You know, he eats like a sixteen ounce steak like every day. So that's mm-hmm. why he he obviously isn't down with all of these like vegetarian. You know, they're they're pushing him out. He all right. He's into the idea of like red meat, and then the, he also has a dog. Oh. <laughs> I see where this is going. I also have an idea of someone I want to add in, unless you're about to do them. I I, I don't think so. I, Go ahead. The, the third person is um has won a number of competitive hot dog eating competitions. It's Kobayashi. Kobayashi also brought his dog, and this is just Kobayashi with his dog. Uh, did did you did you want to, it's just Kobayashi with his dog? My, I wanted to throw in a hardcore dedicated lifelong vegan who um, speaks really negatively about veganism. I guess I just like people who betray their own ideals in some way. Oh, <laughs> but it's like, cool. yeah, veganism's super important to me, but sometimes oh, I just really, I think about that steak and something in me just wants to go, go primal and snap and then just destroy all of these, these freaking lettuce wraps and, and I just want to, and, but, but veganism is so important to me, and it's just so, I, like... Uh, like, I like the idea of a vegan, because then it could be like, oh, maybe they're just doing this to make people who eat red meat look bad. Hmm. So I think you're onto something there. The last person, and and I think this is going to be the person Dang. who it really is. This is If this was an episode we were watching, we would have no complaints about red herrings. This would be so solid in terms of mystery. This is the last person. It, it's it's an old friend of Shaggy's. Hmm. Yeah, someone who... Shaggy goes way back with this person. They're both prolific eaters. Their dogs were also friends with one another. Okay. Is this person also a vegetarian? This person is not vegetarian. And here's, here's where I want to introduce... To delve into more Shaggy's backstory. Oh, dang. Shaggy um, was not always a vegetarian. Because I think it's easy to say that Shaggy was raised vegetarian. His parents are vegetarian. He, he's yeah. never known anything but vegetarian. I, I think it's too easy to say Shaggy was raised by hippy-dippy uh, flower child parents. And I think that's something Shaggy chose who he is. Yeah, he, he decided one day, he was like, actually, you know what? I Because I personally eat so much, for mm-hmm. me, it it a, a normal person eating meat and animal and eating meat is bad for the environment. I am like 50 to 100 normal people. I should yeah. cut, you know, like, meat out of my life. And also, like, it's better for me. He came to it of his own accord. Yeah, and he's such an empathetic person. He probably saw a documentary once, even a part of one, and made the switch. And and so the thing is, Shaggy and this friend, back in the day, they used to eat a lot together. 
right? They both have very hearty appetites. So the reason this friend has decided to don this caveman costume is because he's like, we used to go and we used to go to town on like Philly cheesesteaks. We used to like, you know, really get in on like a Chicago dog or like a plate of buffalo wings. And sorry, this is a trend. These are all like Bon Appetit videos that Alex Delaney has eaten in these various cities. But the point is, he feels embittered and he thinks that he can maybe, if he pulls this off, turn Shaggy against his vegetarianism, get his friend back. Because what he wants is he wants to be able to share those moments with his friend like he used to. My goodness. So he's trying to convert him back or just convert him. And that's my episode. Yeah, that's oh, that's it. And, but, and again, lots of dogs. Lots of dogs. I like the gag that every person has a dog. That really, that's great. Also, big, yeah, I just hate the fact that like someone has a dog and there's like, like um, the Warlock of Wimbledon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's so obvious because of that. Here's the question. Who is it? Listeners, do you know? I don't think they f- know. <laughs> Wait, who would, like I I talked about the last person too much, but if you could pick someone who would it be? Um, I'm tempted to say Kobayashi. Yeah, a little bit, right? It's hard to turn that down just as like a, you assume it's not going to be because he's not you don't do anything with him in the episode other than show that it's Kobayashi. I, th- I think but the I, I, reason Kobayashi um, is mad is because Shaggy beat him. Oh, yes! Right? At, at a hot dog eating competition. It wasn't Joey Chestnut in this universe. In, it, was, it was Shaggy Rogers. And the thing is, Shaggy didn't realize he was competing. And that really got to Kobayashi. Yeah, he just wandered in. Yeah. And then the fact... Then the fact that... so Sorry, I kind of backed up the person I, want, I wanted to be Shaggy's friend. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to add some more to your... To your interpretation. Okay. He is so... He's particularly embittered because now that Shaggy's a vegetarian, they can never go head-to-head again. Oh, God, that's good, man. Right? The best friend has a lot of, like, backstory and weight for Shaggy, but I I think we could give Shaggy the opportunity to actually reconnect with his friend and, and make things good. Because that Kobayashi thing is so good. Right? He's just like, oh, like, I, I, I've missed my chance. I can never I can never regain my title from you because you've decided to... It's almost like you became a vegetarian despite me, Kobayashi. As, as a lover of anime, I do find a lot of beauty in, like, uh, respectful rivalries between men. <laughs> it's, like, such a common anime theme. It's freaking everywhere if you look for it. But it does kind of resonate with me where I'm like, oh, I hate you because I want to be better than you because I love you. I'm okay. I don't know how you feel about your episode, but I, I, dude, your episode, really happy with my episode. I'm going to cut my episode, man. I like your episode. (laughs) No, I think that's fantastic. Just the, oh, the way it dovetails with Kobayashi, it's great. I, the only detail I can, uh, two details, two things. One, it's also German Food Bank Day, October 1st. (laughs) And uh, Great Danes are German in origin. So I think there's one little note about uh, Scooby connecting with his heritage there. Um, and the second is, what's the Scooby dupe of this episode? Ah, because because it is, a, it, it is a food convention, I feel like there are so many dupes that you could do. I, I, I'm thinking off the top, off the dome, slap chop dupe. Oh, there's going to be no. somebody who's got like, yeah, there's somebody who's doing like a slap chop kind of thing. He's an obvious, but you make it enough like Billy Mays that you don't have to summon the ugly, <laughs> some of the less comfortable history to do with Slap Chop, Sham Wow, um, Chompy Dude. So they're they're showing the caveman like this this device. It it's a um, paleoizer. It can make vegan food paleo. Oh. It can uncook cooked food and it can turn vegetables into meat. 
I kind of want it because again, our I think our Scooby series always edges is like one step closer to like Adult Swim than like the average Scooby Doo series. And you kind of want to keep it true to the original heart. No, 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 no. Wait, no. I like the fact that we're. I like the fact that we. Okay, literally the first episode I ever came up with was set the oh yeah in a in a Planned Parent like a it was it was set in a Planned Parenthood and it was not someone getting birth control. We can say well in a sense. Okay, anyway, so yeah, we've always skewed rather blue as we might say. But I like I if we're gonna do a slap shop thing, I think they need to lambast the fact that this guy like. Didn't he, like, hit a prostitute or something? I did not want to actually... I, sh- I brought it up. It's my fault. But I think he, he was receiving a, a blowjob in a car, and then he did strike that prostitute. He claimed she bit him. I read, because at the time I fell on the man charming because of his infomercials. That's my best impression of the slap shop guy. It was actually very good. Whatever, <laughs> whatever was doing with his teeth, folks, was very good. Isn't that? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So that, that's a good dude. Uh, thank you. I, th- I think I, I think that works well with convention and food. Um, but how about you? Do you have something different you do? Uh, I think <laughs> this is like so. Uh-oh. This is so hacky <laughs> and like. And honestly, mine was going to be even hackier. Uh, a Planned Parenthood van pulls up to the convention. <laughs> <laughs> no, what they do is, what they do is they serve, they serve uh, the caveman uh, the impossible, the impossible burger. The impossible burger. And and he eats it, and he can't tell the difference between it and regular meat. And then they tell him, and he's just mortified, as if a, he was a vegan who ate meat. That's it. I I mean, it's it's hacky, but I like. I mean, like it's it's they they don't call it vegetarian or vegan because those are like buzzwords in a bad way for people but they call it plant-based protein and mm. i solely i almost solely cook uh vegetarian at home and let me tell you like you can get by yeah it, and i eat vegetarian a lot and vegan a lot because uh my partner Ibtisam, my wife <laughs> my partner Ibtisam is <laughs> is vegan here's one last thing i think might resolve because we were kind of you kind of like the best friend as a villain i kind of liked Ko- kobayashi. kobayashi thank you um to get the best of both worlds, Kobayashi is the villain, but he was working with the best friend's dog. <laughs> so Scooby oh, is betrayed, shoot. but Shaggy reconnects with his friend. <laughs> and Scooby's like, I can't believe it. Oh, man. What do you think? Is that, is no, that okay? I, I love that, actually. <laughs> I love that. I, like, so they unmask, they unmask him, and it's like, um, Kobayashi, and then they unmask the dog, and it's like, what? Like Kobayashi's dog is also <laughs> devastated, but he kind of reconnects with the friend. Yeah, like they kind oh, of. Oh, but they do like a a, like a little bit of a sw- a swap. I love the idea of them finding a new love, if you will, after being betrayed. Yeah, yeah, it's it it makes sense. And I think the only reason we think of the dog, we we don't have any justification for why the dog just like looks away ashamed. Yeah. I think we had two solid episodes. I also think that we have at least a solid episode. <laughs> Dude, yours was good too. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> no, I look, I actually really like the idea of like the ghost of Chris- Christopher Columbus. I, I, think I, I think as with most of my episodes, I think I had a few good ideas that didn't have, uh, didn't really make a full complete episode. But as with most of yours, especially upon discussion, that became an episode that needs to be made. Zach Moncrief, get in touch with your boss, JCB, and beg him to make <laughs> this into an episode, please. 
<laughs> We're begging you to beg your boss. Make it happen. <laughs> oh, man. Now that, I'm pretty sure our listeners like that bit. I'm pretty sure. Uh, that's okay. Let's... That's it. I say, let's cut it any moment. Can you, can you read this for me? Oh, is it, is it backwards? Because of the webcam? No, it's actually forwards. Okay. I think. Actually, does it start with the upside down E or the pi symbol? The pi symbol. Okay, I'm just making sure. Like, cause I it it might have been flipped, and I wasn't sure because it's weird. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's pi. Is this the beginning of the outro? Is this the beginning of the outro? Is you holding that up to me? <laughs> what it is is it's me providing a visual that only you can see. Which expecting <laughs> you to say. Probably, I don't know if our listeners like this bit, but you know what? They probably like it better than the the stuff I did. It's the pi symbol, a with an umlaut over it. Um, what was the what was the a y? Just a y. It's a y upside upside down e, and I do believe that's phonetically accurate. Pi a, yeah, the a is accurate with the umlaut. Good job, Evan. You got paella out. Paella, a saffron flavored dish containing rice, meat, seafood, and vegetables. Yeah. Welcome to the outro. Oh, listeners, both up and out can be used in conjunction with the wazoo, and both imply too much of something. In this context, the wazoo is a slang for the term term for anus. The etymology what? of the term is uncertain. <laughs> the etymology for the term is uncertain. I have always felt that up the wazoo implied more of an unpleasant situation than out the wazoo, but I'm sure that it is simply a matter of personal preference. Parentheses cough? No brackets cough. Dude, I think that I think that bracketed cough was was a subtle no homo. No. That's what I think it was. I guess um, that's the closest thing I could find to the etymology of uh, up or out the wazoo. I thought wazoo was a nose. No, dude, really? Wazoo is definitely yeah. the butt. <laughs> I don't think it's the butt. <laughs> I think it's the butt. But. It's gotta be. You gotta be open with the b. You gotta be jowly with the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're a you're a Winnie the Pooh character. Which one? Uh, the one that talks like but. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Your perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> uh, listeners, it's been oh, a fun. Listeners, app. listeners. Hey, uh, we are currently at 100 likes on Facebook. Facebook.com/slash/scooby-dudes. Hey, man or woman or other. Whatever. Yeah. Or Mr. In Between. Listen, if you give us another like, that'll put us over 100. Please, that'd be so nice. You probably, listeners, you probably thought when we hit 100, we'd stop begging so hard for every individual like on Facebook. Nope, we want it just as much. When we get 101, we'll beg for 102. We keep asking or for more uh, follows on Twitter, and they keep coming in. We get maybe like one or two a week. Dang. But you know what? We want more. Yeah, gosh, guys, we want to pass Ashton Kutcher, who I'm pretty sure is still the top Twitter user. Why did you call him Kutcher? Kutcher. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to, it's one of those things where you try and say something just a little funny, and then you're like, Ooh, there was a word unexpected in that word. Twitter.com slash we are these Scooby Dudes. Hey, man. Woman. Etc. Mr. In Between. Gmail.com. Scooby Dudes. Podcast. At, at gmail.com. Read us an email. Look, it may take us a while. It may take us a month to get back to Barely you. Barely less than a month this will. time. 
and always will get back to you. We and always get back to our writers. I, I do, and I try and put a lot of thought into every email because it, it truly does mean a lot to me on a personal level when we get a message from any one of our listeners. Send us whatever you think, and I, we genuinely will respond, and we do appreciate it. Uh, go to our website. Write us. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Write us an email. ScoobyDudesPodcast.gmail.com. Go to our website, ScoobyDudes.com. Uh, I don't know what I'm putting together for this particular episode. I might put together a full... I've, I've been really thinking about putting together, Dude, like, full I'm, pages mm-hmm. with, like, show notes. Like, I might go back and retroactively oh, okay. add full pages to all of these Wow. Um, when I have a free Saturday or something. Good on you. It's a lot. Uh-oh. But uh, but one way or another, there will be something that you can view for this episode on our website, scoobydudes.com. Um, one thing, if nothing else, I hope you put, Evan, is perhaps a side-by-side picture of you and the ShamWow guy, or the Slap Chop guy. <laughs> I really don't want to do that. I know you don't want to take a picture of yourself, and that's okay, but please at least take a picture of that guy and put it on the site so that we can get a little more traffic to him. I think he needs some love, people. He hasn't had too much. Well, I think he's trafficked enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Never mind. Send that guy to if the burn ward. ScoopyDudes.com. You can also check out title cards that have been drawn by our featured artist. Her name is Flora. Uh, you can find her on Tumblr at... Uh, hold on just a second at uh, jam-art.tumblr.com so, or jam-art.tumblr.com um, while this episode does not have title card art the episode uh, before this one and the episode after this one do have t- um, art uh, by this incredible artist please if you can check out her stuff uh, maybe commission her for some artwork like we have been doing we are paying her for her work and it is very good uh, if you want to if you have, do you have too much money I know, I know that you're walking around in those cargo pants, and that they're just, they're heavy. Those, they're dragging you down. They're sorry, fully, those cargo pants? Those cargo pants. <laughs> and man, they're, like, you're, you're, you're sagging. Your, your pockets are full of money, full of change, full of bills. You sagging, bro? Yeah. Don't, stop, just stop sagging. Just take some of that money. Sagging? No, Michigan. Give us your money. Give us a little bit of that money every month. Patreon.com. Look for the Scooby Dudes, patreon.com slash Scooby Dudes, and you can get content every week. And uh, I am on it. I'm actually uh, putting out a lot of updates. I feel very good about that. I like to think that our donors do too. They also probably feel pretty good about the fact that we say their names every episode. Oh, we sure do. Uh, we give them this. This is the real content they get in return. Are you ready, Evan? Let's see if we can say it all at once this time. <clears throat> Just like say it real quick. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Lastly, 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 lastly. Not leastly, leastly, leastly. Let me let me just say really quickly because we literally never say this. I think we said it earlier on, like like in our first like ten episodes maybe, and then we stopped. We have new episodes every Monday. Oh dang! Do we now? Do yeah, we? Yeah, we now? just we stopped. That we stopped like... telling people when our episodes came out. Dude, my blood ran cold when you said that. I had the echoes of like fifty podcasts shock through me that I've heard recently like improper humans comedy bang bang freedom and each one saying new episodes blah blah blah, and we never say that we never do it never listeners every monday google play itunes stitcher uh tune in our episodes come out on all of these anywhere that you can find a podcast scooby dudes we're there every monday new episode no reason not to do it. Subscribe to us. Tell your friends about us. Hey, just enjoy us. And of course, like we've already told you, tell us what you think so we can be better. And uh, is there anything else at all we could talk about? 
if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, I, Evan, will be forced to read that review on the air. No, That's look, just how it works. Evan would do it willingly, but we force him to do it when you write the review. Are you ready for this, Luke? What is, what's this review, Evan, that you're now forced to read? So this episode comes out on October 1st. We received this review on August 21st of 2018. It is five stars, obviously. Mm-hmm. The only it way has been read. left by someone who goes by the moniker Scooby Saves. Mm-hmm. And I think you know what I'm gonna do because I'm. I always feel I'm kind of a little like when Happy Birthday is being sung to you. I'm just kind of sitting here while you're reading it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. active listen from now on. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the name of this review is Scooby. Mm-hmm. Don't under any circumstance miss oh. out on this podcast. Oh. oh, so nice to meet you. All right. So here's the review. Very short. Mm-hmm. Very sweet. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Huh? I really don't appreciate the vehicular discrimination. <gasps> it's 2018, people. I'm so sorry. But it's fine, because oh, wow. I'm always hungies for more of these <laughs> two cool dudes. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> appreciate you. <laughs> Is there more to it? That's it. That's the entire episode. <laughs> oh, man. Here, can I... Did we did we send off that latest email to Mitch Mitchell? I, I know who this is. I you, don't believe I have yet. Perfect. Well, we'll send it off before this episode airs, so I'll have a little bit of cover uh, in this. Sorry, give me one second. I it's this is probably super lame of me to read my own joke that I sent via email and have no, not. Oh no! I I like it. I want to remind Mitch how how clever I was here. Mitch, remember when I sent you this and it was real funny? I said at the towards the end of a, a nice email to my good friend Mitch. And now as it happens, I have a small confession to make, and I'll I'll say it live on air as well. I know I've said a lot of mean things about the mystery machine. Specifically, the red mystery machine over over our podcast episodes. And embarrassingly, I now have to admit that I've lately been coming around to the perspective that it's maybe even worse than I thought initially. <laughs> it's an abomination. It's foul. It shouldn't be like children shouldn't be allowed to see that. It scars you. It's trauma. I might delete as it. As long as we're reading funny, jokey things yeah. that you, are online. Did you write a funny, jokey thing you want to read online? On, on Twitter, Billy Segwire of uh, Scooby Doo's and Scooby Don'ts. Um, so now we're pivoting to reading rival podcasts, funny things well, he, online. He, he retweeted because um, apparently he was on um, Nick's uh, Nick's podcast. What's with you, Scooby Doo? Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, and he so he tweets uh, in which so he's retweeting this other tweet linking to this episode of the podcast in which at Nick Robes and I spend two hours failing to identify the members of Outcast. And I responded. Very excited to hear you two wrongly guess Andre's 1 through 2,999. <laughs> and honestly, I thought that response deserved way more than the, let me check, one like that it got. Oh, ouch! I thought it was very There funny. are two people involved with that that you shot that towards. You should be getting minimum Only two. Only Billy liked it. Come on, Nick. Jeez, Nick, come on. Nick, Nick Robes, calling you yeah, out. Yeah, jeez. Jeez, Nick. Ah. Ah, Nick. Ah. But. Editing room Luke here. Evan's neighbor just started washing his car.